You're listening to Grow Yourself Up, a weekly mental health podcast hosted by Kath Cunahan. I'm a psychotherapist, writer, and speaker working in private practice in London. I specialize in the impact of our own childhood on our parenting and how we can heal and integrate our childhood trauma, wounding, and stress so that we can inhabit our full adult selves. Join us each week as we talk about all things growing ourselves up, how we can tend to ourselves in our parenting, generational healing, and overcoming the impacts of childhood trauma. Together, we will become more self-compassionate, connected, authentic, resilient, and heart-centered, so we can live our own full and beautiful lives. As a listener of this podcast, you're welcome to come over and join the Facebook group. So search on Facebook for Grow Yourself Up. It's a private Facebook group of all the listeners. And did you know there are journal prompts that go along with every episode? So sign up for the journal prompts on kathcunahan.com or go to my Instagram, kathcunahan, and sign up at the link in the bio there. And you will get my newsletter, Nurture, Heal, Grow, which contains all the journal prompts. Looking forward to seeing you in the Facebook group. The podcast is produced each week by the wonderful Audio Cafe. Thanks for being here. Welcome back to episode five of Grow Yourself Up. Today, I want to give you some encouragement for the hard days, those days in parenthood and in your um, mothering and parenting where it feels like the day will never end, where it seems that you move from one kind of thrown plate of food on the floor to a screaming toddler to no one napping Often they start with a wake up that's before 5 a.m. And those days, which just feel like, like, how am I actually going to get to bedtime and bath time? Those days, which cause you to question everything, to feel like you need to maybe run out the front door and leave your life behind. And I think we all have those days. Some of us feel them more deeply than others, but I don't think we talk enough about those days because in those days, it can feel like the decisions we've made are disastrous. It can feel like like our whole mothering is just disastrous as well. On those days, I urge you not to go into your head alone, not to draw any conclusions about anything. And instead, I'm going to offer you some words sort of to draw back and to consider what feels important to you. You know, when, when I, in early motherhood, I found it really, really difficult and everyone around me um, seemed to be quite breezy about it and... I used to think that there was something wrong with me or that I was too open about things. And I don't think that's the case. So I want to be kind of open with you and say that it is hard. And when you haven't had your own needs met, it might feel harder because of what you, the stories that you layer on top of yourself. So one of the reasons why perfectionism in motherhood is such a tricky thing to deal with is that as a perfectionist, we have this idea that we shouldn't have any problems and also that difficult feelings are hard to hold. So if we kind of just back up and think about why perfectionism develops, so I would characterize perfectionism as a trauma response. And we develop that in childhood when we don't have our needs met. That can happen in the family. That's often um, reiterated at school 
around getting everything right. But primarily it, it arises in our family of origin as a response to us having a sense that we're not being seen or we're not lovable as we are. And we kind of believe that we therefore need to get everything right, get everything absolutely perfect, and maybe then we'll be lovable. And it comes up as a result of shame. So shame, the experience of shame starts to happen in our kind of our second year of life where we are misattuned or we're shut down. Well, sorry, we're misattuned too. So we don't have enough attunement. Um, we're shut down. We're sent away. Uh, our feelings are not validated. And we'll talk a lot more about um, the development of shame. But for now, I just want to highlight that Shame and perfectionism are two sides of the same coin. And you can read a lot more about this um, from Brené Brown. And so when we come into adulthood as a perfectionist, we've learned that we just need to get everything right. So a problem can feel catastrophic. It can feel like it's really our fault and somehow we're bad when actually problems are one of the things of life. We have to learn to deal with problems. It doesn't mean anything about us as a person or as a mother. And difficult feelings are a real challenge. So as humans, we have a full range of feelings. We have happy, sad, raging, joyful, bored, you know, the whole range. Um, and when we're a perfectionist, we learn that only like the positive, in inverted commas, section of the feeling wheel, I'm sure many of you have actually seen one of those feeling wheels or an emotion wheel, is acceptable. And that's not accurate. We are all allowed the full range of our feelings, but because many of us have learned in childhood that um, feelings like rage and anger and um, envy or jealousy or sadness, a lot of us have sadness shut down actually. We learn to shut those down in ourselves because it wasn't safe to have those feelings in childhood. There was no one there to reliably help us regulate through those feelings. I hope that makes sense. So we learn that we are only acceptable or lovable or have worth when we're being like joyful, positive, you know, contributing. And I think actually that's why such a toxic positivity is such a problem because it, it perpetuates actually shutting ourselves down. And so when we get into mothering, and we're doing our mothering in our own motherhoods, we will tend to criticize ourselves if we're having difficult feelings or we're struggling with anything. Mothering generally is massively underrated in our society. It's the most incredible unpaid work I have ever, ever, ever seen being done. It's, first of all, it's not paid and it's not rated as being important enough in our, by both us as individuals, I believe, and also by um, institutions. And so many of us have this narrative of we should find it easy. You know, it seems like just something I should be able to do. And also, if you've also been a caretaker in your family, you may think that that correlates. So if you've taken care of younger siblings, or if you've um, been a parentified child and taken care of the emotions of your parents, it may feel like there's a correlation between, oh, I'll be a natural mother or I'll, this will be so joyful. And, um, that's actively not the case, mostly. So we're getting into motherhood. We feel like we need to get everything right. We've learned to survive by using perfectionism or trying to perfect everything to keep ourselves emotionally safe. We have this idea that problems 
mean there's somehow, somehow something defective with us and that uh, we shouldn't be having difficult feelings. And let's blow those right out of the water. You're allowed to have all the feelings. You're allowed to hate motherhood sometimes, to feel really conflicted and ambivalent about your decisions, to ponder, was this the right path for me? All of that is okay. Us welcoming in the full spectrum of our um, feelings and allowing them is so important for our own emotional health. And actually allowing that for ourselves is crucial because it's really difficult I would suggest actually almost impossible to do that for your children if you're not allowing that for yourself. So i.e. if your child is full of rage about the sandwich that you just cut the wrong way, you will not be able to kind of uh, validate those feelings and, um, you know, empathize with their disappointment and their frustration about their sandwich. Um, doesn't mean that you change the sandwich, but you can empathize with all the feelings. But if you're not allowing that for yourself, it's really going to be difficult um, to do that for your children. Okay, so with that context of perfectionism in mind, just hold in mind that thing about often perfectionists struggle with any problems and um, allowing ourselves um, what we may consider difficult or negative feelings. So then the bad days come in mothering, which are inevitable. Those days when um, your child wakes up before five, um, they throw all their food on the floor, they have a meltdown about everything. Perhaps they're a little bit sick. Maybe they've got a vomiting bug. Maybe you're a bit sick and they woke up like multiple times in the night and then they woke up for the, like for the day before 5 a.m. Or they're fighting with their sibling or you've just taken the time to make them some lovely food, um, that you're really proud of because maybe you spent all day making it or, you know, you've pureed something or bake something new and um, they say, oh, that's yucky, or they throw that on the floor. All of those things for us as mothers are really invasive. You know, we, we need to really understand the impact that that has on us. And on these bad days, what makes every bad day much worse is our own self-criticism and berating ourselves. So everyone I see clinically, and myself included, um, when we are perfectionists, we also have a very, very active inner critic. And our inner critic developed in childhood to protect us from blame and shame and, and pain. So this kind of, this part of ourselves was designed to protect us. And the idea is that if we criticize ourselves first, the incoming um, insults or, or criticism or pain or um, verbal abuse we may have received in our family would be lessened if we had criticized ourselves first. And in childhood, that is a coping mechanism that does help us survive. And then when we take that into adulthood, it becomes quite maladaptive. And many of us still use that to kind of push ourselves forward. In motherhood, that is really decimating because your your self chatter will be circling around and around in your head, telling you, um, you shouldn't feel like this. You're a bad mother. You shouldn't feel ambivalent. You shouldn't feel angry. You shouldn't feel um, bored or um, questioning your decisions. And I want to say, no. You're allowed to question all of that. You're allowed to have that. What we really want to do is um, soothe in a critic and um, say to her, "I don't need your." input today, I, or, or him. Um, and, you know, I'm, I just need to get through this day. So I want to suggest a few questions and we're going to dig into all these topics a lot more, but I want to suggest a few questions. So the questions are around stepping back 
and getting perspective and looking at your context and looking at your children, really seeing them for the beautiful little beings that they are. So one question that I find really helpful um, on the really bad days is what would love do? I first heard that question um, from Pam Gregory and um, it really helps me recenter myself because when we are in a place of having a tricky time and our children are driving us up the wall, we can tend to get into these really negative loops about they need to be like this so I can be okay. They're awful. I'm a terrible mother. And we loop around and around and around. And none of that is important. The most important thing is the relationship between you and your child. And that um, continues. Even when both of you are having a bad day, you're both allowed to have bad days. You're both allowed to be struggling with things. It doesn't mean anything about you. It doesn't mean anything about your child. And so asking that question for me helps me refocus on, on the connection with my child. It helps me remember that a child who's dysregulated or behaving badly in adverse commas is a child who's struggling. They've got an unmet need. They're tired. They're hungry. They're frustrated by something. They had a tricky day at um, their childcare. Perhaps they're a little bit sick. Um, they're not trying to mess with us. So no child has the capacity to, um, uh, they're not like consciously trying to manipulate. And so stepping back and thinking, what would love do in this situation is such a helpful way to, um, recenter and focus on what's important. Also looking at your context. So if you are, um, parenting alone without any family around you, if you're a single mom or a single dad, if you're also trying to hold down a job and you've been working and trying to do childcare, um, that massively ratchets up the stress around everything. So reminding yourself of your own individual context, not comparing yourself to anyone, not looking at anyone else's experience of motherhood and thinking that you're doing worse. We have to really, particularly in motherhood, become our own best support, our own best friend to really love ourselves through those hard days and try and lessen the inner critic. Because the truth is you're doing a fabulous job. The fact that you're even listening to a podcast like this is demonstrating something. And when we haven't had our needs met in childhood and we've learned to be perfectionist um, in, in all the things we do, we actually have to widen our window of tolerance for the messiness of life. So prior to getting into motherhood, you might have largely been able to control a lot of things, to excel at work, to um, to get into a, a loving relationship that might have been really the kind of the apex of a recovery journey. It was for me, you know, to actually be seen, to have a loving relationship, to, to not self-abandon. So then motherhood feels like, wow, now I'm really going to get these children. It's all going to be wonderful. And the actual reality of that can be crushing. And actually, that's what um, parenting is like. That's often what life is like. like. Life is really hard and we have to widen our window of tolerance to sit with the problems, to sit with the change, to sit with the hardness, to sit with the messiness. And um not to make that mean something about ourselves. That's the most important thing. My sister said to me in, um, I don't know, probably the first two years of my mothering that some days are just about survival. And what that means is surviving just means we haven't died. So 
it means that by the end of the day, everyone is still alive and you fed the people and perhaps they've had a bath or perhaps it was too tricky to give them a bath today. Um, but you've kept them alive and you've kept them safe. That is something, some days that's all we need to hold on to because some days just feel impossible. And, you know, you get a perfect storm of a day when you might be sick, they might be sick. Um, you're ratty because something has triggered you any number of things. I want to encourage you to go gently on yourself, to gently retire your inner critic for the next hour, to say to her, I don't need that input, to instead cultivate self-compassion, which we will also talk more about, and to not compare yourself, to refocus and to look at your children, to to notice that your children were built by love. Look what love built. That's also a Pam Gregory question. Look at your children, look at your family, look at who you're parenting with. If you're parenting with someone, look at yourself. This is what love built. And what would love do now that really helps cut through the badness and to just focus on connection in the next moment, even when you're feeling awful, even when they're being, you know, really difficult, you still deserve love and trying to focus on that as a really important nutrient can help us cut through the way we think things should be just to the way things are and to allow the way things are and to know that we are still worthy of love in those moments and so are our children. So I want to suggest that you zoom out, you remember that you are not the truth of your worst moments in mothering, you're not the truth of your worst moments in life either. Your children are not the truth of their worst moments. Even if they've had a hundred meltdowns today, that doesn't necessarily mean anything. They are not the truth of those moments. Your beautiful, sparkly-eyed, shiny children with their little heads and their little bodies, focus on that. Look at that beauty. I want to invite you to give yourself grace and kindness. You're allowed to do that. You deserve grace and kindness. Some days, the only thing that got me through was like my next cup of tea or some more chocolate buttons. And we don't have capacity in motherhood often to do all the things we want to do. We just don't. It's a, it's, there's physical limitations to what we can do. Um, I personally have put on a lot of weight in mothering because of the way I've used sugar to help me manage. And I will need to kind of really deeply address that at some point for me. But we can't address everything at the same time. So please focus on cultivating kindness for yourself. Give yourself that grace and kindness. Give yourself a hug. You can give yourself a butterfly hug by wrapping your own arms around yourself. Get someone around you to give yourself a hug and just hold on to that. You are not the truth of your worst moments. And look what love built and what would love do? I hope that's helpful. And remember that everyone's having bad days. You've been listening to Grow Yourself Up, hosted by Kath Cunahan. We'll be back next week with a new episode supporting you to better understand and tend to yourself for more heart-centered, connected, authentic, and resilient living. Music